Does everybody know what time it is? It's time to sell all your video games and paint the man cave pink because we're having a baby! That's right, it's grunt work. Grunt work, back again. Check it to wreck it, let's begin. I, oh, man, are these, are these lyrics? Are you... <laughs> Has, has the talk singer become the talk singy? <laughs> I think so. Uh, we are back for season three. This is Grunt Work, everybody. Your uh, podcast about the TV show Home Improvement. It's everyone's podcast it's about true. the TV show Home Improvement. I am Landon the Immortal Man Solano, joined always by my co-host Truman, light as a feather, stiff as a mannequin, Caps. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and depending on depending on if I slept funny the night before, I'm just stiff as regular Truman. <laughs> uh, so, welcome to season three. Let's um, just do a quick side note uh, right out the gate that we are not in our normal uh, recording environment. So, there may be some helicopters, there may be some some dog noises because uh, yes. we are we have another our, our second dog guest uh, this season or not I, this season but this this. Series. Do, do you feel bad that so far we've had one female guest but two dog guests? <laughs> I, that... uh, I I love uh, animals way more than I love humans, so no. True. Okay, fair. <laughs> Although neither of the dogs has contributed that much, aside from some funny smells and some toenail clicking. But indeed, once again, I'm I'm dog sitting uh, yeah. for my friend's Boston Terrier Milo in North Hollywood, and so Gruntwork Studios has gone on the road. Yes. And there is a uh, very confused Boston Terrier standing right by Landon's legs, <laughs> and you're probably going to hear his toenails clicking. Indeed. Milo, what do you have to say? He, he thinks the mic smells very good. <laughs> All right. Well, there we'll be checking in with Milo uh, throughout the episode. Okay. Uh, breaking news from Milo. Microphone, not food. <laughs> Cannot have sex with microphone. Does not care. <laughs> Oh man! So we have uh, some things we gotta cover up. Cover up? Yep. Uh, yeah. there, there's a big conspiracy in season two that I just need to blow past. There's some um, informants that need to be killed. There's some documents <laughs> that need to be shredded. Uh, yeah. uh, we we have to cover a few things um, from our season spectacular. We, you and I, debated for season two's MVP. Right? Yes. Uh, we chose Patricia Richardson. Yes. Um, well, I mean, it was a fight. Well, we don't need it to was talk a debate. Yeah, won. It, it was. Well, we we awarded it to Patricia Patricia Parker. But part of getting the award is now we don't say your name anymore. Yeah, right. Um, and uh, so we have a inverse from season one where you and I chose Richard Karn as season one's MVP, and we put it out to the Twitterverse to choose the People's Choice. Yeah, and they chose Patricia Richardson for season one. Yeah, this year. We well, I gave away the the results to this poll, but uh, we put it out on Twitter again for your People's Choice MVP. And uh, let me just run through the results real quick. Take me through them. I'm excited. Uh, we we narrowed it down to the top contenders, uh, which were Patricia Richardson, Richard Carn, Zachary Ty Bryan, and Tim Allen. Yes. Uh, and we asked you guys to to vote. With thirty uh, percent of the vote, Patricia Richardson got. Uh, 30% of the vote. That's a, yeah, it's, you know, yeah, it's still early in the yeah, morning for me. Yeah. No, I get it, man. I get it. There's only so much coffee. I haven't finished my coffee yet. Yeah. Uh, with 41% of the vote, Ooh. Richard Karn, with 11% of the vote, 
Zachary Ty Bryan, mm. and with 18% of the vote, Tim Allen. Wow. So congratulations, Richard Karn, for receiving the People's Choice uh, MVP of Season 2. Yeah, huzzah, huzzah. Do you think that our <laughs> fan base is trolling us and they just go with whichever is the opposite of the one that we pick? <laughs> Maybe. Well, I, have, I do have something interesting here in that... Um, I did say anyone that retweeted this poll would get a shout-out on this episode. Yes. So I have some shout-outs. Oh, let's shout them out. Um, the these are the people that have retweeted us. <laughs> uh, Kevin Stanley, who you can find at Freelance Kevin on oh, Twitter. Okay. Uh, Lady Judy, who you can find at Lady Judy. Uh, that's J-U-D-I. Oh, Judy Blue-Eyes. Uh, our, our Scottish friend, uh, John Smith Smythe. <laughs> Um, who you can find uh, at Mr. Lizard Kings with a Z. Uh, I would just say John Smith Smythe is, is is such a stereotypically like UK name that you almost would expect it on like We Britain on Arrested Development or something. Right. Um, our buddies over at the Fan Theory World who uh, you could find at Fan Theory World and we'll be bringing them up in just a second. Um, and then... Maybe maybe there was some sort of uh, inside work. Maybe there is a cover-up that needs to be happened because uh, we do have a retweet from at the Richard Carn, <gasps> the Richard Carn, uh, which is Richard Carn's uh, Twitter address, uh, oh Twitter God. handle. So he retweeted his own uh, his own poll. Um, hey, you know he's got the right. Dude. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not gonna say there was ballot stuffing, um, but. <laughs> You know, uh, he retweeted, he won, you do the math. I mean, uh, what I'm saying is, okay, well, I mean, he's he was campaigning for himself. Like, you know, <laughs> when you're running for president, you can vote for yourself. It's true, yeah, and it's you'd actually expected. be kind of stupid not to. Yeah, truthfully. Um, well, that's that's exciting. I'm glad, I'm glad A, to have Richard Karn, you know, getting out the vote, because yeah. I think that that probably drove a lot of turnout, and that's Absolutely. very good. And uh, B, I'm glad that, you know, even if he had undue influence on it, well earned, you know, because Patricia Richardson, as much as we love her, I mean, if she wanted to win the People's Choice, she could have retweeted <laughs> the thing. I mean, Tim Allen could have got in there and retweeted. It's true. Uh, and I will take this opportunity to reveal a embarrassing story of mine, I, which is... <laughs> I love it. Uh, in senior year of high school, um, as we were gearing up for graduation, there was some sort of um, student poll where you could choose... I, I can't remember what it was for exactly, but it was like, you choose like a... It was... The students got to vote for a a kid in their class that exemplified something or other, uh, <laughs> like you know, the most exemplary something or other spirits or you know, I don't know. But the 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 kid, the winner would have given a speech at uh, commencement mm. at, at graduation, and um, yeah, this is not something I'm proud of at all. But oh, very good. I definitely ballot stuffed my own name uh, in that. I think to an extent that was like suspicious Th like, over like obvious because a teacher came over to me after class once and they're like so your name was on this list uh with all these like super academic people uh for you know because i think it went um the students got to vote and then it went to the teachers to make the final decisions electoral college yeah <laughs> and i think um my teacher approached me to say that to kind of go yeah i know what you did because he, even though he didn't reveal the amount of votes i have to imagine that you know, it was a margin of like Landon Solano has fifty six votes, and the actual first place person probably has like twelve. <laughs> so, how were you like? Were, were you like making fake ballots with your name on them and stuffing them, or were you just convincing all your friends to vote for you? Uh, yeah, no, I I, I was a, a PA 
or a teacher's uh, teacher's assistant and uh, had access to the the slips. Oh wow, um, you were really like election yeah. No, fraud-ing. as I said, not not something I'm proud of. Vladimir uh, Putin, over but here, here I am trying to absolve myself in public. So uh, when I okay, here I have I have a high school uh, senior class voting thing where I'm not proud of myself either. <laughs> Um, that's good. We'll just get this out in the open, then we can talk about this episode of Home Improvement. Um, we were voting, uh, when I was a senior for, like, the, you know, most likely to this, most likely to that, the best this, the worst this, and one of the categories was worst driver, and in my college (laughs) writing class, we're all sitting around speculating, you know, me and all these other seniors about who we should nominate for worst driver, we're doing the, the voting, and I recommend that maybe we, uh, I was 17, 18 years old when I said this. I recommend maybe we nominate the blind kid in the senior class <laughs> for worst driver, which is not okay that I said that. It was, it, at the same time, it felt really funny when I said it, although <laughs> the reaction from everyone, like a couple people started to laugh and then they all realized what I had said and they were like, oh, no, um, no oh, and then what, if, and then, so everyone, I made everyone profoundly uncomfortable with this truly shitty joke and then... Uh, somebody says, let's nominate him for most inspirational. And he goes, yeah, most inspirational, yeah. And then, who won most inspirational? Hey. Yeah, yeah. so basically, I think I got him the most yeah, inspirational Yeah, you, you uh, through subversiveness, galvanized the people to give him an honor. And that was my intention all along. <laughs> that was my the only thing I wanted. So. I love it. Um, there's one more thing we have to go into before we go into this episode let's of Home Improvement, which is um, I want to really promote uh, this theory that uh, Eric Montgomery of the Fan Theory World, who was on our Super Spectacular, um, put together for Home Improvement. He did it specifically for us, mm-hmm. uh, which he talked about on our episode, but he he really breaks it down in this very interesting, long, um, well-written uh, uh, post on their website at fantheoryworld.com mm-hmm. um, that is giving evidence for Home Improvement being part of the Pixar theory. Yeah. Uh, you know, this theory that all of the Pixar movies are attached together. Mm-hmm. And so he's bringing in um, Home Improvement and Roseanne to this universe as well through our continued work here. Um, you know, he had mentioned that uh, Wilson is actually using the wood magic from the the witch in Brave uh, in order to channel these kind of mysterious things that we've posed as the and, God theory. And he's channeling it through the fence through, made out of Through this wood. the wood, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I was thinking about it a little bit more, and, like, even at the points when he's not at the fence, like, when he's um, putting up that American flag in the Mother's Day episode, yeah. uh, he's touching the wooden wooden pole of the, the flag... Uh, as he's conjuring up this knowledge. So uh, there's some interesting fonts there. I just want to send everybody over to fantheoryworld.com, and I'll link to it in our show notes and our newsletter um, so that you guys will have access. Uh, just one second while Milo takes a big, long drink right by our mics. <laughs> that's me licking my coffee. Oh, God, you got a problem, dude. That's not that's not healthy at all. <laughs> got to get my java. Um so yeah, Fan Theory World, they did a, a fantastic job uh, putting that thing together. There's like video clips. There's... there's um, what do you call them? Uh, still photos? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the one. I'm sorry, you cut me like a deer in the headlights. Yeah. Uh, and he, he gets really thorough with it. So I just want to thank them for putting that together and putting it out there and want to direct everyone's attention there. So Yeah, yeah. I think, um, I, I think also, I mean, maybe we even mentioned this in the Super Spectacular, but Wilson carving ducks out of wood, yeah. I feel like that ties in there somehow. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, they'll do one called A Duck's Life. 
I'm sorry, Milo is now just licking the t- linoleum tiles, which is just seems like just a... Sorry, he was licking my leg a second ago. Oh, okay, well, that didn't make as much noise on the recording. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that, it's a great theory. I think everyone ought to check out. Yeah. Yeah. And something I want to keep... Because uh, it, it's it ties in all of these other interesting theories, because uh, he plays into the, the idea that um, the theory about Tim Allen and Tim Taylor being mm-hmm. a surrogate for Tim Allen... Um, I think a lot of our theories are going to kind of start to tie together to this one big Megatron theory. Um, <laughs> Voltron theory, they yeah. all come together. Uh, you know, because, th- you know, it brings a little bit of God. Uh, Wilson is God. Mm-hmm. You know, him being superpowers through being a warlock, through Tim Taylor being a surrogate for Tim Allen, for, um, you know, the sentient toys and Sean Zilla. Like, all of these things are kind of all coming together into one big uh, theory stew. Yeah. <laughs> So, theory stew. <laughs> if, if we now we need now we need a friend whose name is Stew who comes up with theories <laughs> to justify that name. And now checking in with theory stew for this week's fan theories. <laughs> oh, we got a lot of traffic out on I eighty four. I don't know why I'm doing a traffic report. Uh, my that's theory... traffic Jerry. <laughs> traffic and traffic Jerry is producer Jerry who got so coked out that he wound up doing a, a podcast <laughs> instead of uh, producing a tool show on Basic Cable. Oh my God! Let's not keep our listeners in suspense anymore we are fresh on a new season of season three uh of this tv show called home improvement now we're doing a new thing in season three where we don't watch episodes of home improvement we're actually watching episodes of designing women so (laughs) in this episode i shouldn't have picked designing women because i've never watched an episode and i did there there are sugar baker women in it delta burke uh says something in a loud voice yeah that's very sarcastically and then and then like 30 years later they do some jokes about it on 30 rock which is how i know the show exists okay jk guys we watched home improvement we watched an episode of home improvement and truman do you have a synopsis for us you know landon you always ask and i always answer yes uh so this week on home improvement uh, when Jill finds out that her sister is pregnant with a girl, she finds herself longing to have a daughter of her own. Now, Tim is outright opposed to the idea because he thinks that three rambunctious boys is the proper amount of children to have, and having more children than that would be ridiculous. So his refusal to even budge on the issue or consider it angers Jill. But soon, with a little bit of help from Wilson, Tim realizes that her desire for a daughter is rooted in a need to build a legacy. And he opens up to the idea only for Jill to tell him that she actually doesn't want to have another kid after all, because three boys is really enough children. Meanwhile, Brad and Randy tell Mark that Jill had initially wanted a girl when he was conceived, and that she always bakes with him because she wants him to be a girl, too. This sends Mark into a crisis of masculinity, and he refuses not only to bake cakes, but also to eat cakes, until he naturally explains to Jill that he's being pranked by his brothers, and Jill tells him that, no, she loves him just as much as uh, Mark loved the turtle that they got him when he really wanted a puppy. Yep. And then they also mentioned that that turtle was later killed when it got run over with a truck. I'm blaming Tim for that one. Are you? Is that truck named Randy? Ooh. <laughs> you know, that's fair. That's fair. Well, also, and we saw Randy running around with that turtle shell that was completely <laughs> yeah, empty. Absolutely. Oh, dear. Oh, man. Oh, we just solved the mystery. <laughs> um, I think any animal cruelty or deaths uh, can be... Uh, Miley, you're right there, buddy. Speaking of animal cruelty, yeah, we're not going to be we're not going to be cruel. Th- to you. This animal's being cruel to our recording process, I'm, though. I'm uh, just uh, trying to resist every single moment not to go over and uh, and and wrestle with him. Yeah, I, I, man, he's a good wrestler, dude. He's your little wrestling buddy. <laughs> um, luckily, Randy's not here to hurt him. So, what did you think of this episode, Landon? 
I gotta be honest, I was expecting um, a bit more bang for my buck for a season premiere. True. Um, it felt a little flat for me, not to say it didn't have some good moments. Yeah, uh, some laugh em ups Yeah, but it, it didn't have any hearty laughs for me. Didn't really feel like it got into, you know, it flirted with some thematic content, but didn't get emotional or too deep with it yeah um i don't know it just was kind of a, a floaty episode to me <laughs> a floaty episode that's yeah. our that's our new word for plot light episodes yeah it was Actually, a floater i mean oh god <laughs> i don't know it's ridiculous to me uh, th- that that anyone who already spends so much of their time trying to deal with the three kids that they've had yeah would say hey let's throw we've got like what a 13 year old a 12 year old we've got like a 10 year old we've got like an eight year old let's throw a, a newborn into this right, we haven't right. had a kid in eight years let's have one more now but it is consistent with with jill's character you know even thinking back to the uh first appearance of jenny sadarsky where she's you know doting over this idea of having you know a a daughter true um true. so i mean it, it felt consistent but you're right uh well and i think that she even comes to realize that i mean that is the whole thrust of jill in this episode is she's like oh yeah yeah no that's just something that is you know on you know frivolously on my mind it's not you know it's not practical there's no <laughs> yeah logistical way of weaving a fourth baby a newborn into this while Trying to pursue a career. Yeah, and pursue our, our fairly rigorous sex-having schedule in the middle of the day. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I mean, I don't know, maybe I'm... Th- this is one of the episodes where I found myself more on Tim's side, just because, A, I'm not really jazzed on the idea of ever having so much as even one kid, yeah, but right. then, B, if I already had three, and then my wife starts even talking hypothetically about a fourth, I would want to shut that shit right the fuck down. <laughs> like, I no. I'm sorry. Yeah, Even, but and as it plays out, and we'll get into this, uh, is that she just wants to keep the discussion open. It's not that she actually wants the kid. It's that she didn't want Tim to just shut it down. Yeah, and I, you know, and yes, and probably, yeah, that's the right thing, is as a good husband, <laughs> you keep that avenue open. Yeah. But it's just like, I don't know, for for me, it's it's like... I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to think of like what what the uh, thing is. It's like I don't. You know, I'm not saying I want to get uh, a face facial tattoo of of Scott Bio. <laughs> I'm just saying I want to keep the door open to getting face so, tattoos of Scott Bio. <laughs> the more you invite conversation, the more the closer you are to actually getting a Scott Bio uh, face tattoo. I, I'm just saying, yeah. Like so you it, don't even want to talk about it. For fear that you'll be that one inch closer to it becoming a reality. It's like, first it's unthinkable, but then you talk about it a bunch and then it becomes thinkable. And the next thing you know, you're there (laughs) in the chair and they're inking Scott Bio into your face. So it's like, uh, um, the teenage equivalent is like kissing leads to sex. Yes. You know, that's why they didn't want Brad and Jenny kissing in the last season, I guess. Maybe they didn't explicitly say that. But but the, the married adult equivalent of that is like... Uh, just talking leads to a baby. Yeah, <laughs> not even kissing. Yeah, I, no, absolutely. It gets, okay. It, yeah, you've got to you've got to practice super abstinence once you're married. <laughs> I mean, I I think just you know talk. I think a lot of a lot of married couples do that, <laughs> whether they mean to yeah, or not. Exactly. Oh uh, no, it's just like how marijuana is a gateway drug. It's like how I smoke marijuana, which is why now I do crystal meth and heroin and LSD. <laughs> mean to have a uh, intervention. Uh, well, is that is that what this is? Is that why Milo's here too? Yep, we want to talk to you about your crystal meth addiction. Uh, and 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 maybe Milo has had some, which is why he's been so active today. <laughs> now he's just standing here staring at a wall. But whatever. 
Um, He's staring at the ghost of Sir Larry. Uh, yeah, that, that is haunting this house. Um, so, I, I don't know. I guess, long story short, I think that talking about having kids is a gateway drug to having kids. So everybody who's in a relationship, <laughs> never even talk about the subject. Don't engage in any healthy communication. <laughs> there you go. Uh, let's go, let's, uh, you know, plug our nose, close our eyes, and take a leap off this diving board into the the, the deep analysis portion. I, I am going to pull my swimming cap on tightly, and before I, <laughs> before I start springing on the diving board, I want to turn to the lifeguard and comment that I love how many swimming analogies and jumping into pool analogies we are still pulling out of our asses after a year of this. <laughs> and then uh, I uh, jump right in but i don't uh have the nose plug and so i get a bunch of water up my nose oh no yeah and i clear out my sinuses this is just a fantasy land well i'm gonna have to call in uh, a favor from our former home improvement star and now lifeguard pamela anderson to come save you from the deep dive that we're doing i wouldn't mind some of that mouth to mouth in the oldest sandlot style (laughs) joke of all time (laughs) definitely creepy maybe that didn't age as well um (laughs) yeah so this episode begins on the set of tool time it does. A very uh, low-energy Tool Time segment, I feel like. Are, are you comparing this to the beginning of last season when the entire <laughs> cast set fire to all criticism of Tim? Because Pretty much. high energy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so they are... Um, what are they doing here in the, the first scene of Tool Time? I mean, they're just... It's the... Well, they're talking about what they've been doing while they've been on a break. It yeah. was kind of it was kind of uh, appropriate, really. They're talking about what you know, having been off the air for two weeks, and in that same sense that we've kind of been, we haven't done a normal episode right. in, in a while. So it was like, oh, they're doing our thing. It's cool. It's fun. <laughs> but I think they're just kind of bringing bringing us up to speed on what they did on their summer vacation. Yeah, Al has finished his cabin. He's finished his. Not only has he finished his cabin, not only has he finished it all by himself. Everything inside of his log cabin is also made out of logs. And as Tim says, can't wait to meet the log lady. Yes. Do you think a Twin Peaks reference? Do you think that they were they were that high up? Oh um, man! At that t- at that point, I am gonna say uh, no, but I would love to believe so. Yeah, I, I'd lo- I'd love to see uh, Al just in there with a tape recorder, just dictating everything that happens in his uh, in his log That's cabin. That's great. And Al has some sort of uh, knowledge now of all of the the bad things that are going to happen to Tim because he's talking to the log. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's giving him like premonitions of what's happening. Yeah, yeah, he can he can predict every injury. <laughs> um so Al brings him up to speed on that. Yeah. Tim is talking about having taken his family to the Natural History Museum in, in Chicago. In Chicago, yeah, yeah. And, and complaining about taking a road trip. Yes, with his uh, yeah, and and namely ta- complaining about uh everything that his wife does on a road trip like wanting to stop and use the bathroom or also, <laughs> Chicago's kind of a long drive from, from not, Detroit. Not no? really. It's about four hours, maybe. Well, that's not bad. Yeah, I guess that's it's an right. afternoon drive. I mean, you could leave at 7 in the morning and have a full day of Chicago activities ahead of you still. Fair, fair. Mm. Wow. Is it, are you working for the Chicago Board of Tourism <laughs> right now? Well, I might be trying to move to Chicago at well, a certain point. Okay, okay. Well, there is that. It's <laughs> it's a little bit more than a four-hour drive from L.A. It, that is true. Uh, well, and also, I'm. it probably is more than four hours when it's Tim driving, because he probably got them lost in Ohio and Kentucky along the way <laughs> so first tim is talking about having gone to the natural history museum with the family i'm sure there must have been hijinks spelled with an x galore having randy and brad in a natural history museum oh god yes uh or even tim for that matter i mean we we've seen tim with uh museum artifacts on tool time before and just yes. breaking off 
pieces of things. This is a guy who can't even make it through a tango lesson without hurting somebody. <laughs> right. Uh, but so then he talks about how they had this exhibit on early uh, tools of early man. Yeah. And how he was able to procure, procure them for tool time. Did he say how he procured them for tool time? Yes, he did. And I have it written down. He spent $15 oh, yes. <laughs> to get Natural History Museum sticks on tool time to sh- demonstrate how they work. And Al is like, who would spend 15 bucks on, you know, on sticks? And and we have our answer. Yeah, we do. Uh, I guess, okay, good, th- good that he bought them because when I was looking at them at first, it's like, Tim, either you or your boys stole those in some kind of slapstick <laughs> series of events at yeah. the museum. A night... At the museum, if you will. <laughs> I want to say that they were like, they're <laughs> the people at the Natural History Museum. If you've ever gone in the, like, the gift shops, you, I mean, you have everything that's for sale. You know, the t-shirts, the, the books, the toys, or whatever. Yeah. But every once in a while, there'd be like a, uh, a glass case that is like... Of a, emotion. A, <laughs> a glass case of emotion. Yeah. Um, where they'll like just have something on display. It's not actually an artifact, but like... I can see, uh, what are they called, dioramas? Or I don't know. Uh, Yeah. Like they've taken um, their sticks and their fake uh, brush and whatever to create this little fire pit. They put it in like in a display case that like really has no value to anything except for decorative qualities. It's taken up some space. Yeah, and they're like, yeah, let's not give Tim Taylor, this guy known for destroying things, anything of value. Let's just give him a couple of sticks from the display case, tell him it's actual primitive tools, uh, and charge him $15. (laughs) Just so that we can get our name on the air. Yeah, yeah. And the Chicago Natural History Museum really needs to be advertising on basic cable in Michigan. (laughs) Uh, Hey, anywhere you can get it. Well, look, if he spent 15 bucks on these sticks, I'd say he got a pretty good deal because they turn out to be quite effective at starting fires. Yeah, if primitive man could only start fires that quickly. I know, I mean, like, I've got cigarette lighters that take longer to get a flame going (laughs) than these two sticks, which Tim rubs together for, like, a second, and then he sets his entire arm on fire. Right, yes. Um, one thing we have to mention. Oh, we, we've got to mention it. We've got to mention it. The introduction of our new tool girl. Yes. Heidi. Yes, and the disposal of our old tool girl, Lisa. To their credit, they didn't just write her off and never mention her again, or even, like, give her a tragic backstory or, like, ending or just, like, a a dismissive thing. Lisa went to college. Yeah. I thought that was kind of a nice little send-off. Yeah, you know, she, they, they, she's gone on to bigger and better things. At first, they joke about her uh, having taken a job on Bob Vila's show, which yeah. I think would have been the most appropriate, given what a <laughs> fan she is. But, no, she's gone off to uh, gone off to college, gone off to, uh, you know, the uh, Baywatch University, uh, <laughs> which is, I guess, like Bayside High or something. Yeah, I right. Even... I like to think she's uh, going to Pepperdine University in Malibu uh, while she's uh, <laughs> in between lifeguard duties. Just running to from class to class in slow motion <laughs> yeah but so we get we get heidi yes uh coming out for the first time who gets a fairly brief intro and she doesn't really get like a big line or anything but she right. reels out the sticks and she does get more lines though than lisa did in that she is able to say here you go tim thank you tim uh See you later, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she doesn't say that, but, you know, like, she has this kind of tangential dialogue that Lisa didn't even get, where Lisa would come out silently wheeling out a cow. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, 
walks the cow back off stage without saying a single word. Yeah. At least Heidi gets to have a little bit of dialogue here. She's more than just an animal wrangler with blonde hair. She's actually <laughs> doing... So. She's a stick wrangler with brown right. hair. Uh, and, of course, uh, Heidi is played by Debbie Dunning, who we have seen already uh, in Overactive Glance playing Kiki, Kiki Van, Van. Fallen Waller Shine Law, something like that. I, it does end in a Shine Law, so I think you've got that. <laughs> um, so yes, welcome to uh, to Grunt Work, our new uh, Tool Girl. However, have you noticed a, a omission of something in this episode? An omission of something? Uh, I, I, mm, no, I guess I didn't notice an omission. We don't have a Grunt Creep. Oh yes, we do have a Grunt Creep. We do. In the very first seconds of the show, it comes bounding towards the camera. How did I miss that? I don't know how you missed that, man. How, like, is this like, okay, is this like an It Follows thing where you can only see It following you if you've had sex with a person who's, cur- like, did I did yeah. I get the grunt creep curse? Is it, is or just like, it might just be It, where you can only see your fear, uh, and I yes. don't fear the grunt creep, <laughs> and you do, so you see it. Because it's the boss of all the transitions, yeah, no, it's just, there's a, there, do you see that red balloon drifting through the room right now? Uh, no, I don't. No. He even he even looked guys to really sell the bit. Uh, I was not, in fact, looking at Milo. Yes, who I just want to go play with. Yeah. Um, he 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 grunts his fists against the posts. Nah, I don't know. I don't know. There's nothing there. Um, so that that is our tool time, our cold open at tool yes. time, and we go into a very disappointment. Uh, disappointing thing in that we have the same theme song, same credits as last season. I thought we would get a re-recorded uh, new thing, but Brad is back to steal our secrets. I was, I was already like, I was, I was already salivating for some brand new character images in this opening credits. But no, it's the same boys now, yep. noticeably younger than they are on screen. Brad, just like, uh, just like animals in the wilderness, got a taste for human blood. <laughs> human blood being our tasty, tasty secrets. Um, and came back in season three to steal some more. I feel like if souls had a flavor, they would taste a lot like bone marrow tastes. I realize, oh, interesting. I, I, talking to a vegetarian, this might not be the, the best <laughs> point to make, but if, if you're already assuming that, that, you know, you're eating the rest of the body, I would yeah. think that the soul would be the richest, most uh, buttery, cholesterol-infused bit it's of it. It's funny you say that, because the first thing that came to mind before you even said bo- bone marrow was something salty. Oh, uh, and it's salty. Yeah, like licking, you know... Sweaty arm or something after a jog. Ugh, do you do that? <laughs> I, all my secrets uh, secrete in uh, <laughs> that's why they call perspiration. Them, that's why they call them secrets. They secrete <laughs> from you. And more great puns in season three. This is why people listen. Uh, so we go through this opening credits. Our yep. souls, our souls are once again stolen. Yep, by Brad staring into the camera. Uh, and we return to the Taylor backyard. We do. Uh, and before we do that, I just want to mention that. Uh, Season 3 aired on September 15th, 1993, so we are still in the year 1993. Oh, man. Um, We are headlong toward uh, 1994, though. Man. And that's when some interesting uh, stuff starts to happen with Tim Allen uh, doing the Santa Claus. Uh, He voiced Buzz Lightyear. didn't come out to 95, but he did the voice in 94, so... This season, he becomes like a megastar. Yeah, yeah. So we have that to look forward to. Yeah, and indeed, uh, audiences also, just uh, when they were watching this, could look forward to movies like Jurassic Park, Pulp Fiction coming <laughs> yep. out. You got Shawshank Redemption yep. coming up. It's really going to be a great year at the movies in 1994, which is about <laughs> the only commentary I have on that time and period. And great uh, music as well. You've got uh, a lot of great hip-hop coming out in 94, oh, yeah, Ready yeah. to Die, Biggie. Uh, you've got uh, Nirvana's Nevermind. Oh, yes. Or was yeah, that yeah. 92? Anyway, 
we are it's so okay it's the 90s anything yes. is possible exciting times contract with america wait no uh and we arrive in the backyard yes where, where randy is playing catcher to brad's pitching yeah so uh i think this is an interesting introduction to brad being um the sports star uh that will come to play out i mean he's always running around with some sort of uh binford sports ball in you know the past yeah. seasons but um, you know, he becomes the athlete uh, as this series trucks on. So, yeah, um, interesting to kind of like even see a throwaway moment still building his character. Yeah, and and honestly, Randy is uh, catching the balls pretty well yeah. for the for the kind of artsy drama kid slash serial killer. He is he has picked <laughs> up enough sports to get by at least. Uh, indeed, and I don't know if you noticed, but I am currently wearing the same thing that Randy was wearing in this scene. <laughs> the Nicolas Cage What I'm Feeling Today t-shirt <laughs> with all the different Nicolas Cage faces. I was thinking more of the oversized jean vest, uh, but... Um, yeah, man, well, you keep it Midwestern. That's yeah, your that's your deal. Exactly. You, you know, you, you the the show influenced your style and that, that carries you on to this day. <laughs> um, but the kids have to get ready for school so jill calls them inside uh jill is dressed like a uh a 17th century school marm I, yeah i'm not sure what it is also her hair has gone back to normal yeah uh, it's straight again it's not straight but it's burned. pulled back it's like she's doing her best to look like a conservative fifth grade teacher um, <laughs> that might be some sort of fantasy that she and tim are working through or I mean, that i'm I, working through i don't know yeah well, maybe that's just what i see uh you know you've you've got it bad you're hot for teacher uh <laughs> So the boys are running off to school once again. Mm. This very friendly school bus that always honks for them and they and yeah, waits right. for them to run out. The uh, most unbelievable part of the show. Yeah, yeah. Everything else, everything <laughs> else is very accurate. Uh, Tim, and then we hear another honking from the garage. What's that? Tim just put a horn on his hot rod. Yep. And he's very excited. We don't see the hot rod. We don't this episode see it. is actually garage free. We're not it in is. the garage at all in this episode. That's very rare for this show. Wow. God. Um, so we don't, we, I guess we have to take Tim's word for it that he actually put a yeah. horn on the hot rod. So, but at the end of last season, even though he got the engine to start, the hot rod wasn't finished yet. Yeah. So that's something to look forward to, I guess, in this season is just more hot Power. rod construction. Yes. <laughs> I, I think we, we could have known ahead of time that there'd be more hot rod stuff in yeah, the show. True. Yeah. Um, it's not like it's not like he's going to build a coffee shop out there or something like that. Or an art <laughs> well, salon. yeah, I, I would definitely prefer that. But I, uh, as would I, as would I. Um, Tim had just been on the phone with uh, Jill's sister. Yes, um, a, a sister that we hadn't heard of yet, named yeah, Carol. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who had just given birth to a baby? Uh, was it gave birth or just pregnant with? And they had an ultrasound. Uh, they had just given birth. Oh shit! Okay. Uh, and Jill's asking Tim all these questions about it, and yeah. Tim starts going on this uh, thing about um, babies not being a miracle; it's just a thing of cells uh, replicating themselves and turning into humans. And yeah, um, yeah. kind of cementing his stance that's going to continue through this episode of babies. What are they good for? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Say it again. <laughs> uh, babies. What are they good for? Absolutely nothing. Uh, <laughs> Tim, is, yeah, yeah, like Jill says, Tim is just not impressed with birth and children, generally speaking, which yeah. for a guy with three children is, is something. Yes. But, um, Jill refers to birth as a miracle and Tim says, ah, birth isn't a miracle. The 1980 U.S. hockey team, that was a miracle. <laughs> and, uh, and Jill says, well, maybe women should give birth in stadiums. And Tim says, good luck getting 50,000 guys to buy tickets for that. <laughs> and I gotta say, I think that you could probably find... 
2,000 guys who would buy tickets for that. Oh, yeah, easily. Yeah, I think, I, you know, maybe you wouldn't fill the whole stadium, but, like, a smaller, like, uh, <laughs> like just, like, a, you know, local hockey stadium or mm-hmm. something, or a high school hockey stadium. But especially can... if he uses uh, tool time in his uh, regional contacts, if it's, like, reaching Chicago. Um, I mean, a four-hour drive, I'm sure there are people that have uh, a fetish enough to drive four hours to uh, Detroit Stadium to see... Uh, woman give birth. And also, it's like, from what I know, based on our friends who have had kids, it's like, once you're pregnant and once you're in it, it's like, you just want to absorb all the information you can. So maybe a lot of couples would be like, do you want to, like, watch a lady give birth on ice? Maybe we'll learn something? Fuck it, I don't know. It's the Guinness Book World Record biggest Lamaze class. (laughs) Just (laughs) arena seating, everyone sitting around in a corner. It's also Guinness World Record for the coldest Lamaze class, because it's uh, uh, on ice. And uh, but then you know the best part of that though uh, you can just freeze the placentia right then and there, and <laughs> just goes right in there. Yeah, goes on ice. Then yeah. uh, Wilson packs it in a cooler, sends it off to Bora Bora. Yeah, for exactly. <laughs> or Pago Pago. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, Pago Pago. I don't know what they're doing with placentias <laughs> over there unless they're eating. Them it's or another something. drug running thing. It's uh, <laughs> you know it makes a uh, more. It's an active ingredient in some sort of uh, drug cocktail. It's more like blood running. Am I right, guys? Gross. <laughs> really gross. Let's not have kids. Uh, so no. we we transition to the bedroom. Yeah, uh, where Jill is now on the phone with his uh, with her sister, trying to get uh, the name of the kid. Yeah, um, and uh, apparently they called her Sloane, which I found interesting in that we speculated that the the woman the the counterpoint to Jerry, our our oh, yeah. shadow producer on Tool Time, um, we have called her Sloane before. Yes, but we've called her a lot of things. We have. So they were they were bound to at some point hit a name that we'd used. <laughs> Uh, that's just Milo choking on his rawhide. Don't mind that. So what, what I found interesting is that they're talking to, she's talking to them on the phone and then she's relaying this information to Tim and saying, oh yeah, they stayed up all night painting the nursery pink. And it's like, wait, you had the baby and now you're painting the nursery? (laughs) It doesn't seem, again, I'm not the child rearing expert, but that doesn't seem like how it's done. Or maybe I have it wrong in that they haven't had the baby yet and they're just talking about it. Uh, You know, am I supposed to retain this sorts of information? I I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff that I forget, too. Like, I I forgot the basic (laughs) plot point of who first hears about the baby. So between the two of us, we make like 0.75% of a host. All right. Uh, But... Jill's also going through a box of old baby clothes uh, to donate to her sister. Yes. Um, where she finds Brad's old baby shoes. Um, Which she identifies as Brad's the second she sniffs them. Yes. This show it's has a funny ne- moment. This show has never met a stinky feet joke it doesn't like. It doesn't matter <laughs> who it is. Everyone's feet stink, and it's always going to be funny to, to, to do a laugh em up about. Oh, my God. Uh, there's a little baby cap, um, and then she pulls out this pink blanket that she knit when she was pregnant with Mark, hoping that he would be a girl. Mm-hmm. Um, so that tells me they weren't interested in knowing the sex before the baby was born. Seems like a lot of work to go through for a gender-specific item kind of just crossing your fingers. Yeah. Also, why does a pink blanket have to be exclusively for a girl? Exactly, right? You know, yeah. I mean, maybe maybe some maybe some guys like pink. Yeah. I've, I've, I've seen a t-shirt that said real men wear pink. <laughs> I don't... I used to wear pink all the time. Yeah. I, I don't really. It's not really one of my colors, yeah. but I'm not going to judge. And I wouldn't judge any baby who grew up in a pink room or had a pink blanket, even if they're not a girl. There you go. Yeah. Uh, I am going to judge the show okay. in that, uh, I don't know if you noticed, the uh, the closet 
Ain't the renovated closet that they did last season. <laughs> Do you think it's maybe because all of the renovations they put in were not sustainable long term? <laughs> maybe. Like, maybe they didn't like it when if you if you take something off the rack, it goes, uh, you know, put the hanger back on the rack or whatever. <laughs> I mean, I honestly think that would have been a fantastic callback if Tim walked into the closet. We didn't see him in there, but just heard that. Yeah. <laughs> in between. Every, every time you, you want to get your your shoes, they have to come out on the carousel playing that song from, <laughs> yeah, the, from the Nutcracker. Yeah, that exactly. Would, that would be a lot. I, at some point would say tim just give me back my old closet please <laughs> and that was a whole during the two weeks he yeah. did that so yeah but so jill jill is going through these things and having these memories and it seems like she's getting a little bit baby crazy yeah whoa and, whoa 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 whoa! back to estrogen express up yes because he all didn't la- give the beep 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 yeah <laughs> all all last season I, we didn't really talk much about this because i don't think we really wanted to ju- to to uh uh dignify it with with commentary but Tim had this recurring line, whoa, 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 back the truck up, which I suppose was very... Yeah, blank, back the blank, blank truck up. Yes, but it always always truck up, and I'm yeah. sure it was very risque and boundary-pushing in, in the 90s was to it? do that. Uh, well, it certainly doesn't feel that way now. I'm trying yeah. to give it the benefit of the doubt. Okay, right. I mean, may, maybe back then people, you know, it, they, they had their baseball caps on forward, but then Tim says that, <laughs> and the joke is so funny that it blasts it around backwards. Are you saying that Tim Taylor is responsible for uh, Fred Durst and the whole uh, Limp Biscuit craze. I, I am saying that because uh, his 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 artful skirting around profanity on uh, on network television is what inspired a whole movement. <laughs> uh, chocolate starfish and the more power flavored water. <laughs> I mean, that's just water with extra electrolytes. It's basically Gatorade. <laughs> yeah, is the more power flavored right. water. Yes. Um. So anyway, Jill is getting, uh, yeah, Jill is getting baby crazy, kind of like, oh, but what if, what if we did it? Tim, Tim uh, is just flat out, no, don't want to do it. And then from that, we get a spooky, spooky ghost transition. Yeah, that they should have saved for the Halloween episode. I'm pretty sure they lifted it from the Halloween episode. (laughs) Oh, it was like a a smaller version of Lumpy Space Princess. Exactly. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. But so it, it like this ghost floats up into the screen and you're like, what the fuck is this home improvement? It's not Halloween. What are we doing? But then the <laughs> transition, there's a black and white background behind it that it goes into and it turns out, oh, the boys are watching a spooky, spooky horror movie. Yes. And I, I already have questions. It's called Goosebump Theater. Yes. Uh, which tells me that it's a sort of, um, you know, thriller-esque anthology series mm-hmm. um, or maybe even like uh, an Elvira sort of thing where she introduces a, a movie every week. Um, what they show on the screen is a castle of sorts, um, yes. a sort of like gothic uh, whodunit or haunted maniac sort of deal. Uh, an invisible maniac, perhaps, yeah. a castle freak, if you will. <laughs> and yet we hear chainsaws uh, going, so I want to know what's... I, this is my real thing. I want to be. I want to live in, as a horror fan. I want to live in the world of home improvement and watch their horror films because <laughs> I want to see Bayonet Hell. I want to see this weird genre, uh, subgenre crossover where you have a haunted mansion with a chain wielding, chainsaw wielding maniac in there who might be a ghost. Um, here's the other thing that I had with this uh, this Goosebumps Theater yeah. is that it looked like it was uh, an old TV show. Yeah. And yet Tim says as soon as he hears the chainsaw, oh, that's the Binford blah, 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 blah chainsaw. And it's like, <laughs> how long has Binford been around? I could see Binford being a company in like the, the, the 40s or something that like probably, probably made, uh, you know, uh, supplies for the war or something <laughs> like that. 
Maybe they made like Binford cigarettes back in the day and like, uh, I don't know. Uh, those Binford like uh, weight shaker machines that you'd see in the 30s where like you put the band around it and it jiggles you right. for a while. Um, that would definitely be a Binford product. Maybe Binford is the company that invented sliced bread. Maybe that's oh, wow. where they got all their money from. Okay. So they've been around for that long. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I just, I don't think it's that far-fetched, this idea of a horror movie set in a castle where there's also a chainsaw in it. Like, there's a <laughs> okay, lot yeah. of horror movies, there's a lot of horror movies about chainsaws, especially post, like, 1973. Mm. I think if we looked really hard, we could find a castle-oriented horror movie with a chainsaw in it. I'm just saying, as someone who's seen so many horror films, I've never seen a chainsaw in a mansion. Uh, the closest I can think of is the weird S&M ish uh movie the people under the stairs by mm. uh west craven yeah. but um there's no chainsaw in it y- you it's know another twin peaks reference you've, you've got uh uh mcgill what's his name jack oh. uh, something mcgill and and his wife on the show oh yeah, yeah, are, yeah, yeah. are the are the couple in the movie too oh god well that that's perfect yeah. I, the closest I can come is that in the video game Resident Evil 4, there is a huge mansion at one point, and there's also a guy with a chainsaw, uh, but I don't know if he's in the same area. Okay. So... I, I, w- I wasn't expanding my 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 mindscape to include video games. Uh, probably because we were... The whole thing was about uh, uh, movies, but yeah. I was expanding it because I wanted to have something to talk about, because <laughs> if I'm not flapping my gums, what am I doing here? Oh, there we go. Uh, so... <laughs> anyway, Tim comes down. He sees them watching Goosebump Theater. Uh-huh. Do you have anything more about Goosebump Theater? Uh, only that Brad and Randy are drinking a Mellow Yellow knockoff oh. called Yellow Soda. <laughs> I actually thought it was real Mellow Yellow. I didn't realize it was just Yellow Soda. Yeah, that's that's gross. Don't call it Yellow Soda. That's like that's like a gross euphemism for your pee. Like, <laughs> oh, hey, I gotta pull over, make some Yellow Soda, if you know what I mean. Well, I mean. Uh, Maybe it's a commentary on Mellow Yellow. <laughs> tastes like piss. Who knows? Uh, yes, very, very sweet. Well, it tastes like the piss of someone who's drank too much Mellow Yellow because it's so <laughs> sweet. This is disgusting yeah. and fetishy. It's all that uh, that hot dog uh, flavored, flavored Gatorade <laughs> that they're bo- you know, they're boiling hot dogs in Gatorade and then they pour it into uh, yellow soda cans. Never has there been a less successful beverage rollout than hot dog flavored Gatorade. That really, they... <laughs> It's it's like it's the whole football stadium experience. It's like from the concession stand, all the athletes down on the field. Yeah, yeah. They even did that thing. They they doused Bel, uh, Bill Belichick in the hot dog water from yep. the uh, concessions thing, and then he got scalded badly. Yeah. Uh, if you get one from the concession stand, there's just like uh, peanut uh, shells in the bottom of the cup. <laughs> you. It's like it's like hops, basically. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, um, so they they he comes down. He criticizes them for watching uh, this this show. He says it's going to yeah. give give them nightmares. And they say you make us watch Tool Time, and that gives us nightmares. <laughs> Tim also has uh, the box of uh, baby belongings that Jill was going through in the previous scene mm. uh, to go put in the car, I guess, to take to Carol, her sister. Yeah. Um, and Brad uh, just happens to notice the pink baby blanket and saying, "Hey, that's not what that wasn't one of ours." And Tim lets uh, the cat out of the bag or the the Milo uh, out of the the where does Milo sleep I don't know I, I, on his dog, dog bed, bed. He, yeah. he, he lets the grunt creep out of his oil drum and uh, <laughs> there you go I like that metaphor a lot better he, yeah uh, <laughs> springing out yeah that it was meant for Mark and you know they of course go oh okay well Mark was meant to be a girl we can use that yeah <laughs> it's like it's like partially you know some blame lies with Mark for always falling for yeah. things that his brothers do but some blame lies with Tim for giving red meat to these boys right yes exactly uh, and cut to one of these moments that 
has appeared every once in a while on the show where mm-hmm. Brad and Randy get an idea yeah. to torment Mark, and then there's a, like, a, the camera shifts, and you see Mark playing alone. Uh, in this case, he's, you know, they're sitting on the couch, and they look through the window, and he's in the backyard just playing by himself, just, and it's just such a sad visage. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, on the one hand, it's like, yeah, cool, he's, he's like, he's able to entertain himself now, he's found his own coping mechanisms, he doesn't need these assholes. On the other, yeah, it is sad to see a boy playing alone in a backyard yeah. with his brothers just sitting inside watching TV. I'm just worried about his development issues, I mean, like, it, it's the equivalent of them, like, watching, uh, you know, a horror film, and it looks like Mark is just kind of chasing butterflies very nonchalantly <laughs> in the backyard, just kind of lackadaisically going about his day. I, I also respect how quickly Brad and Randy put this plan into motion. Like, they hear it, they decide to do something with it, and then it's just like, okay, bring them in. Like ten, they're, they're, the turnaround <laughs> well, they're, they're long in the tooth when it comes to this sort of thing. I, I guess. They're just efficient, though. I mean, yeah. it's like the, it's like practically an improv show. They just yes and it straight <laughs> into uh, upsetting their brother. Yes, exactly. So they invite, uh, they invite Mark in, and... They just launch right into it. Like, listen, we just learned something about you. You were meant to be a girl. They don't even position this as like, we've known this all along and we want to tell you. Like, they honestly, if I were, look, I don't want to be a Monday morning uh, 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 quarterback of how you torture your youngest sibling. But were it me. (laughs) As an only child. Yeah, yeah, I know. Also, it's like, I'm in no position to talk here. I'm just saying, I would, if I'm already telling a lie, I would go deeper and say, we've known this for years. They always talk about it. I'm going to do a counterpoint in saying that there's more psychological warfare to be had about uh, trying to gain the trust of the person you're tormenting by saying, I just learned this and needed to tell you right away. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm on your side. I need you to know this. As opposed to, I've been keeping the secret from you all along, so you can't trust me at all. There's, like, trying to win their trust to just betray it that much more. That's good. You know, that would fuck with me more. You're right. That is pretty dark. <laughs> Also, just a quick a quick Milo update in case you're hearing like weird hacking, snorting, slurping noises in the background. He is uh, he he has these rawhide chews that he hasn't touched the entire time I've been here alone. But then the second my friend and I try to record a podcast, now he decides he needs to be chewing on these, choking on them, spitting them out, chewing <laughs> on them again. I really thank you for covering up uh, all my noises of sucking on one of those long Jolly Ranchers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, actually, the thing is that that's actually one of uh, Milo's uh, dental chews. I don't know why <laughs> you're eating that, but your teeth look great. Thank you. So, I, we transition somehow from that. It's sad, I can't even remember what the transitions are anymore. They were very quick in this one. Uh, yeah. I, every time they came on, I'm like, oh, that was a transition. And yeah. like it almost immediately left my brain as to what it was. Yeah. Um, but, but we go to the kitchen uh, yeah, a little the, bit later. I think the following day, actually, because I think mm-hmm. the boys are heading to school again or something. Yeah. But uh, Jill is still kind of on the warpath for another baby and yeah. trying to, you know, trying to sell Tim on this idea. And Tim just flat out refuses and doesn't want to consider it. Yeah. And he, he like, Jill says something like, what, you're just going to completely close the door on another baby? And Tim says, I'm closing the door, dragging a chest in front of it. I got a fat guy sitting on it with Al's mom in his lap. <laughs> I like to think that it's uh, Sir Larry's chest. <laughs> Well, so so it's Sir Larry's chest. There are a chest. lot of trunks on this show. I know you're, you're right. It really it, there's a lot of storage. Yeah, it's really home storage. Is the show? <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's so it's a chest with a man inside it, another man on top of that, and then Al's mom on top of his lap. 
I I also like that Al doesn't even have to be around for Tim to insult his mother. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, he Clearly showing he hasn't learned anything from how much he burned Jill's mom. Yeah, right. Um, but uh, Jill comes down to, to have some coffee uh, mm-hmm. to get ready for work, and it was immediately like, this is awful, this is disgusting. Tim <laughs> had made the coffee, and... Uh, uh, I like to think that he made his Tim Taylor more power coffee. Yeah, yeah. Well, he said it's like he, she said, "How many scoops did you put in this?" And he said, 12. 12. I used two. So, as a non-coffee drinker, this yeah. is instant. You scoop the coffee out of the box of coffee or the uh, whatever coffee comes in. What do you people put coffee in? Is it like is it cans? <laughs> is it uh, you can get it in like a little. Uh, uh, What's that? Uh, like a container, the oh, like oh, with yeah. a lid on it. It yeah. sometimes comes in a foil bag that you can roll back up. Okay, um, okay. It, if we're talking about ground coffee, if we're talking about instant coffee, that comes in all sorts of different things. Um, I would imagine that this is just strictly ground coffee because this is 1993 and uh, Starbucks was barely even a thing at this point. Yeah, and if you're making instant coffee, the whole point is you just use enough to make a cup of coffee for yourself. You're not going to make a whole pot of instant coffee. You yeah put that through the the thing so he used 12 scoops well i mean i'm assuming this is probably a joke on his part he didn't actually use 12 scoops but it's it's hard to know where the jokes end and where they begin with tim yeah i mean given how how ridiculous his whole life is (laughs) um but yeah so he's made he's made this kind and he says something like yeah i'll race you to i'll I'll race you to canada or something i'll race you to ann arbor yeah which made me wonder oh maybe maybe uh detroit magazine or inside detroit uh is located in Ann Arbor. Oh, is that close enough for her to commute to? Like from Hamtramck? Yeah, you would just hop on uh, six ninety six to the fourteen, and you take that over to uh, I want to say US twenty three. Are we are we thro- are we throwing this back to what uh, Stu with the uh, with the <laughs> with the traffic report? Now? That, was, that was traffic Jerry. Oh yes, yeah. Theory Theory Stu. Yeah, uh, is our other guy. Yeah, th- Theory Stu is away this week. <laughs> um, Okay, okay. Well, that's good. If I ever need to get to Ann Arbor from Hamtramck, I will remember what you there said, you even though I've already forgotten it. <laughs> uh, so, anyway. Actually, a better way to do it would be taking 696 to 75. It uh, doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's I, just, I just don't want uh, blowback from our Michigan listeners. You, you just don't want a bunch of people to get lost on the back roads <laughs> and crash into frozen cows. Uh, exactly. <laughs> so... Anyway, Tim and Jill fight about this. They end on a fractious note. Yeah. And we go to the set. Of well, oh. we, we, we have a Mark uh, through line here because Mark oh. is in the background working on the computer. And, uh, or no, 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 no that's yeah, a later that scene. Later, yeah. But she says, uh, hey, you want to, after school, you want to help me bake this cake? And <laughs> this is where Mark slings his uh, backpack over his shoulder. He's like, I'm never baking again. And then walks out the back door. <laughs> Totally cool. And I just wish that he had slammed the door and then all of Tim's tools had fallen off the uh, <laughs> off, off the pegboard, like they always do when Jill yeah. gets angry. Again, that would have been a great uh, a great little uh, callback if like that happened and we just heard the tools fall yeah. from the other room without actually seeing them. Yeah, and then Tim goes down in the basement. We hear him hitting Bonk. his head too. <laughs> um. So anyway, then we're on the set of Tool Time. Uh, Tim and Al are doing their salute to God. Even what are, what are they saluting this time? This salute to sharpeners. Oh God, yeah, that's right. Yeah, sharpening. <laughs> yeah, Tim has an axe to grind uh, about his wife, <laughs> and, but and he think that was uh, that was good, man. Yeah, that uh, was a good one. Came to me on the fly. Uh, <laughs> so Tim has an axe to grind, but before he can grind Ant-Man? this axe, <laughs> why are you flying on a fly? Okay, that no, wasn't good. No. <laughs> Tim has an axe to grind. He has an axe to grind. 
and before he can grind it, he has to grind an axe about his family life and about yeah. uh, women and uh, always wanting babies and how baby crazy women are. And Al interjects, I thought you promised that this season you weren't going to uh, be talking about your home life so much. And Tim reveals that he had his fingers crossed the whole time. And Al says... Oh, uh, how would you like it if I talked about my personal life on there? And Tim, Tim just goes, well, as soon as you get one, you can. God. You know, that's the second. We didn't even mention in the last scene that uh, Tim has made a joke to Jill about, um, uh, you know, not having the energy for another kid. And he's like, I don't even have the energy to roll over and say, you know, because she says, oh, what? You don't have the energy to roll over in the middle of the night and say, Jill, the baby wants you. Yeah, yeah. And he goes, I don't even have the energy to roll over and say, Jill, I want you. <laughs> Um, so, like, it's kind of, you know, bringing back his, uh, just having a vendetta against everyone and everything that and isn't being what a, being he a, wants at any given point in time. And being a shitty partner also, yeah. just, like, leaving the whole thing to her. Also, Tim, you make coffee, more power coffee, with 12 scoops of coffee in it, and you don't have energy to do things? I'm yeah. sorry, no excuse. You need to be, if you drink coffee with 12 scoops of coffee in it, you should be, even when you're asleep, you should be high energy. You should be dreaming <laughs> know, right? in fast motion. <laughs> um so anyway so tim goes out and he kind of just complains about his wife wanting another kid basically oh well we didn't say uh so in this scene when uh, al says that when he says um how would you like it if i talked about my personal life on air he goes well once you get one we'll talk about it yeah it's just like okay why is anyone friends with you yeah yeah he's uh, the you know and also, in the earlier scene, he'd been poking fun at uh, Al again and again. Al pokes fun at him one time, and then Tim says something like, Oh, can you can you build an unemployment office out of logs? <laughs> like just same old, always, yeah. uh, right on the verge of firing Al for uh, having a personality. For keeping the show on task. Yes, for doing his job. Uh, so then they demonstrate how to actually sharpen an axe. I, I gotta mention this. Uh, this was really nostalgic for me. The sound they they both kind of bask in the sound mm. that this uh, motor, you know, makes uh, mm. when they turn it on. The 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 sound of the 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 sharpener. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was a uh, teacher's assistant, it was for uh, metal arts class. Oh shit! And you know we had these big buffer machines, which are essentially the same thing, only without the sander. It was you know a big uh, fluffy buffing thing. Yeah. So, it, but it made the same sound, and I'm like, oh, that really brings me back. Uh, I really want to go ballot stuff again. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know what that has to do with metal shop, really. <laughs> well, that's where I got all the ballots to uh, oh, to, to stuff the the boxes. The scene of the crime. Yeah. Uh, good for you, uh, TAing for Metal Shop though. That's pretty. Uh, that's pretty neat. <laughs> yeah, it was something. Yeah, that's. I've certainly. I I TA'd for an English class. Uh, no, no practical skills there. Well, and to be very specific, uh, just so that people aren't going like you were in Metal Shop and you don't know anything about tools or anything. It was Metal Arts. Oh. <laughs> so like you know, uh, I I bent metal to make sculptures i i don't know anything about tools i don't even know what the buffer machine is called it's called the buffer machine so <laughs> it they should call it the buffer zone <laughs> uh but we get our second appearance of heidi here yeah uh with even more dialogue yeah so she already has more to do than lisa did i, I think her appear like she has more to do in this first episode than lisa had in probably two-thirds of season two <laughs> yeah uh so heidi comes out with okay so Tim, with the sharpened axe, wants to use it to trim Al's beard. 
uh, Al says his famous trademark uh, phrase, the catchphrase that we all know, which is, no thank you, Tim, I don't want you to do that. <laughs> and uh, Tim says... <laughs> <laughs> Tim says, "Well, well, uh, we were we anticipated that, so we whipped up a uh, dummy version of you. Uh, I don't know if he actually calls it a dummy version of Al. What is he? Yeah. Like? But, but Heidi brings out this test d- dummy that looks like Al wearing yeah, flannel mannequin thing. Yeah, and Tim calls it a more lifelike version of Al. Yeah, and uh, uh, Tim goes over and tries to trim this mannequin's beard with the axe. Yeah." And everything goes perfectly well. There's no comic hijinks that come out of that. <laughs> Not a thing happens to that to that mannequin's head. Nope. The well, y- y- okay. I disagree. Yes. Okay. <laughs> t- t- tell me what actually happened, Landon. Uh, as he's shaving, he he goes through this really hilarious uh, moment where he gets too close, and uh, the dummy's head, which is on hinges, snaps backwards like a Pez dispenser. Yep. Uh, and then it won't stay shut, and it just keeps flapping back, and it's hilarious that bit is not good it would have been great if they had actually put huge pezzes in there <laughs> like if he cut it off it, it popped out he's like oh no what do we do and then he, and then he reaches in and pulls a pez out he's like oh i guess it's not a total loss time and he offers it to him and al just frowns at him yeah. and we do a pez transition to the next scene <laughs> that would have been great i would yeah. love that uh i would have even loved if uh he accidentally cut the head off even after <laughs> You know, pretending to shave real Al and then going to shave fake Al and, you know, accidentally knocking knocking his head off. Yeah, or if like blood came out of the mannequin. <laughs> this is this, this is, is very UHF. I <laughs> Yeah, that would truly be a surprise. <laughs> um so uh so that yeah, that's the that is the tool time gag. Nothing really to do with the with the whole thing. Uh back home, yeah. Jill is uh well, yeah, it's just Jill in the kitchen and Mark. Si- I think this is the first time we've seen anyone actually using that computer yeah, in the absolutely. background. Absolutely, uh, next to the front door in the back, uh, the background of the scene. Mark is typing away uh, on the computer. I'm assuming looking at uh, what was the Britannica CDs? Oh, Encarta. Encarta. Yep. Yeah, I would say it's Encarta, or may- like based on the way he's hitting the numpad, maybe he's playing some sort of game, like oh, yeah. some kind Mind of Minesweeper like, or something. Yeah, uh, Minesweeper or like you know one of those pinball games that was kind of popular <laughs> on desktop computers yeah. back then. Full or throttle. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or like one of those like math video games where it's like you solve a certain number of equations, they get to race a little car around. <laughs> I, I don't know. She offers him some angel food cake, and he's like, "I don't want any. I'm never eating cake again." And she says, "Made out of real angels. They're in season." <laughs> She's trying to get to the bottom of what's bothering Mark here, and uh, in a very good mom way. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, turns out, you know, he rats on his brothers again, saying, yeah, "They told me you wanted to have a girl." Mm-hmm. Uh, and she goes, "Well, they're grounded for a week." Mm-hmm. Uh, turns out, he he says something else, and like, my question here is, uh, are Brad and Randy ever not grounded? I don't know. I don't see how. The- I feel like there's just a, a standing, you know, one week grounding trial period with them for do, every week. Do you think that Brad and Randy are like that guy in the Shawshank Redemption who gets released from prison after like serving like thirty years, and it's like he has no idea what to do? And <laughs> James kills- Whitmore. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, do you think that they are just they just keep doing this because like if whenever they're not grounded, they have no idea what to do with themselves. Like they go out <laughs> into the world, and it's like they don't even recognize it anymore. Well, they probably do it, uh, yeah, because, you know, if there's this weird territory dispute going on with all the, the kids around the neighborhood, you know, where are, else are you going to have safe, uh, 
you know, shelter than the prison system. Yeah, yeah true. I mean, it's they, like, it's either that or going out on the mean streets of Hamtramck. Yeah, I mean, they've already got, got in this beef with the kids shooting garbage out of a yeah, trebuchet exactly, at each other. Yeah. And they're playing Blade Warriors out there. Stinky's running yeah, around. Yeah, Blade Warriors is not a game. It's yeah. life. <laughs> but, like, you you can't, cho- like, you are, if you live in the neighborhood, you play Blade Warriors. <laughs> you don't get to choose yes or no. If you live in the neighborhood, you are Blade Warriors. <laughs> So do you want to take a guess as to what the name of this episode is? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. It is... Is it... Um, is it Baby, I Love Your Way? Ooh, um, okay. Is it... Uh, mm, is it Raising Michigan? <laughs> uh, or is it... Uh, were you going to say Thor Ragnarok? I was not going to say Thor Ragnarok, <laughs> and it, not on Netflix now. Um, uh, or is it, uh, let's see, uh, Fetus Freakout. <laughs> I mean, that would fit with Goosebump Theater. I I think that might be the name of the movie. The fetus has a chainsaw. Uh, what, what's it called? Maybe Baby. I should have guessed that. That would have been obvious. Uh, cool. This is the, also the scene where we learn that uh, uh, she tries to explain to Mark. Uh, I don't remember why she brings this up, but um, the whole uh, you wanted it when you were five. You wanted a dog, and you know we got you a turtle instead. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's she and Mark sit down. Mark, you know, tells about about what the guys told him, mm-hmm. and and he's you know he's saying like, is it true that you wanted a girl and you got me instead? And she goes, well. I mean, yeah, I, I I did want a girl, but then the second I saw you, I fell in love with you. And she describes his little squished up face and his yeah. wrinkled body, just like your dad. Uh, and <laughs> oh, does she relate that to like just like you wanted a puppy in in when you were five, but we got you a turtle instead, and you still loved the turtle? Yeah, I wouldn't. I you and know, then Randy killed it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't trade you any more than you would have traded that turtle. <laughs> she doesn't mention what befells the turtle in yeah, the end right. and how that would apply to Mark. I like that there's a Lars von Trier version of Randy's life happening behind the scenes here. <laughs> yeah. So whenever Randy's not on the home improvement screen, Lars von Trier is doing some sort of uh, very dark, but well, cinematography, uh, well shot um, version of Randy's life. Yeah, it's, it's you know, anti- anti-Mark part one or something. Or, <laughs> the house yeah. that Randy built. Yeah. Um, Dogville. That's all I got. Dog kill? Oh, there you go. There you go. That's Randy. (laughs) Um, I'm sorry, guys. Normally, our pun game is a little faster than this. We've been we've been off the mics for a while. Uh, Chink, 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 chink. That's me knocking the the rust off. Oh, that's that sounds like okay. (laughs) Can't you just like pour Dr Pepper on that to to de rust? Oh yeah, that's right. You can do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, It's gross though. Very sticky. Uh, So. And yeah, so anyway, they, they have this whole scene with, with Jill and Mark. Uh, I feel like Mark's acting is a lot better in this season than it has been, or in this scene particularly. I yeah. just He was showing more depth to what he's doing, and yeah, like, yeah so it's, it seems like he's picking up some stuff. Yeah, he is getting to the age where I think he can start to incorporate uh, more complex emotions into his performance. More complex emotions! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that takes us to uh, the backyard scene with Wilson, who I also want to compliment and and comments on his depth of performance which i feel like is slightly more involved than it was at least last season mm-hmm. uh I, there, he seems to be more 
giving this advice from an internal place as opposed to just kind of reciting random tidbits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he has, a, there seems to be an actual concern in his voice of giving the advice as opposed to just like, well, this is written for me, so here's uh, some yeah. quote for you. Yeah, it's like he has more of he's more of a uh, more more of a character almost in this than just like a dictionary that talks yeah, to him. exactly. Yeah, why don't you take us through what what transpires here? We get out to the backyard, but we have a bouncing red ball transition, which bounces into the backyard. Uh, and Wilson is out there. He's playing uh, chess in the backyard. He explains to Tim that he is corresponding by mail with a Russian grand chess master. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Wilson, why does your chessboard need to be in the backyard if you're playing by mail? Like, why did you set it up out there? <laughs> right. There is touching more wood stuff, though. I, yes, very true. Maybe that's why he's winning at chess against this grandmaster. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so Tim says to Wilson, hey, you know, Wilson, can I have your help with something? Wilson says, sure thing, neighbor. Uh, Tim says, Jill wants another baby. Wilson says, well, I can't help you with that, Tim. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, Tim just talks about how he's, like... Jill wants this other kid. Tim Tim absolutely does not. He's already got three kids. He's yeah. got he likes everything the way it is. He says, I have 276 power tools. <laughs> Which that's about the number I would have guessed. Oh, I, I thought it would have been a little less. But yeah. uh if he's discerning it by power tools as opposed to like hand tools, analog tools or <laughs> those are what you would call those. Uh, sure, yes. Um, you know, if they're non non pluginable tools. Uh, I'm sure that's the term, non pluginable. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I don't know. The number seemed a little low to me, actually. Yeah. Well. Okay. Well, we can agree to disagree. Uh, <laughs> so Wilson explains to Tim that the reason Jill wants a daughter is because she's looking for a legacy, and Tim yeah. says, "Oh, a Japanese car." Uh, and you know, as someone who drove a legacy for a good long time, <laughs> and then who had his legacy uh, start leaking coolant and die, I hate when that happens. Oh yeah, I hate when my legacy starts leaking. <laughs> Uh, I then sold my legacy for $300 to a mechanic in Van Nuys. Oh, uh, yeah, sad, cried for a week. Uh, oh. Never never, never let your legacy get away from you, I guess is what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> unless the blue book value is, is down so low that it costs more to repair. Sometimes we don't have control over our legacies. Yeah, that's that's true. Well, I, I mean, I, I usually did. The, the, you know, the steering was pretty responsive, <laughs> but uh, the biggest problem was I didn't have a lot of control over the air conditioning in my legacy. Ah. And that's uh, you don't want to be sweating your legacy. Yeah, you want a you want a nice temperature controlled legacy uh, for future generations to be able to appreciate it. Yeah, and I could fit a lot of stuff into that legacy. <laughs> the the joke wasn't super great on home improvement, and I think that we've really taken it out back like the printer in office space and just beaten it into submission now. <laughs> um, so Wilson, yeah, explains that that Jill wants to achieve some sense of immortality mm. by having a daughter. Like Tim has yeah. had these three boys, who can form in his own image. Jill wants to have just one girl who she can mold in her own image. And that kind of makes me sad. You know, Jill yeah. did all the hard work of having these kids. She's living through this, you know, she's taking care of them, certainly doing more work to care for them than right. her husband. And she doesn't even really get one who she can do in her own image. And that's kind of sad. If that is, in fact, a desire of hers. I mean, we're just going off the speculation of Wilson here, so that True. might not even be something that Jill even cares about or wants. This so. is just the, yeah, this is just the speculation of a stoned doomsday prepper in the backyard. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it would be sad if that is a, a true statement about Jill, but mm -hmm. uh, we don't know that for a fact. Yeah. In fact, it, as it plays out, you know, she isn't interested in having a kid right now. So. Yes. Spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, um, Sorry, guys. So, uh, yeah, so then Tim, having learned this, goes back inside. Not before a very messy 
uh, hose wrap up. Oh, Landon, I'm so glad we noticed the same things about this show. He's got he's he's got a hose out there that he's been fucking with when he starts talking yeah, to Wilson because he's about to do sprinklers on the lawn. Oh, that's what that is. Perfect. Yeah. But yeah, then he's like trying to like coil the hose up again, but it's more just like he's just fighting it like it's a big snake or something. Yeah, he's just kind of non-discriminately wrapping it around his arm. I mean, not even like a circular motion. It's just kind of bunched up and like, that's not how you wrap things, especially someone who were, I mean, I guess he has no training in that because Al usually does that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, but uh, come on, man, you know how to wrap a hose better than that. I mean, there was really no like, like, form or like reason to the way he was doing it it was truly some freestyle rapping that he was doing with that and i gotta hose. say if you're doing if you're wrapping a hose uh especially in september in michigan as it's starting to get colder that's when they you know if you wrap it incorrectly and it's got a kink in it and then you keep it like that in the cold that's how uh splits in your hose start yeah so and and who of all people would know this it would be tim tim doesn't know anything about anything else in the house <laughs> he would know how to properly store your hose in the winter yeah exactly but maybe he, he just has an endless supply of hoses and other yeah. tools from binford so what does he care if he ruins a hose he'll get another one next spring yeah you know hey, the hose maybe maybe he likes his hoses like he likes his women kinky okay i'll accept it uh kink <laughs> Kink is actually the name of a radio station in Portland. Kink FM 102. Ooh, how about that? They don't necessarily... I'm not crazy about the mix of music they play, so this isn't truly an endorsement, but I, you know, hey, let's... I'm assuming they play, like, uh, Rockabilly and Titty Shakers and... Uh... Yes, exactly that. <laughs> Portland is the rockabilliest titty shakinest town. <laughs> well, actually, Portland does have more per capita strip clubs than anywhere else, so oh, it is go. one of the titty shakinest towns there is. <laughs> uh... So Tim goes back inside having yeah. completely fucked his hose, fucked up his hose, mind you. Uh, and in talking to her... really isn't a kink. Yeah. <laughs> that's the thing. The, they add more, you know, it's ribbed for his... Anyway. Uh, so she goes inside. So he goes inside. He's talking to Jill. And Jill, who's reading a book. This yeah, felt, what was the book? Yeah. Uh, I don't... I didn't get to see what the book was, but oh. she... It felt like there was a rewrite a little bit in that... I didn't get the sense that Jill was so mad that she didn't want to talk to Tim. Mm -hmm. But that's how this scene starts. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we're not on talking terms right now. Yeah, it, it's there's been episodes before where Tim really fucks the pooch and Jill has been furious at yeah. him in a previous scene. In this one, it seems like the fight they had in the morning was just typical sparring. Yeah, exactly. Jill has been perfectly happy to, like, joke around with Mark and yeah. stuff during the day. But now when Tim goes in, she's like, nope. She's like, you still not talking to me? Nope, not. Or something yeah, like that. And, uh, yeah, so it just felt like a bit of a disparity from what they had established here. But uh, he wants to talk to her after Wilson's advice and says that he finally understands that she wants to be immortal. And, you know, of course, she gets confused. Like, what the hell are you talking about? Uh, but he explains the the whole daughter thing of like, you know, you want to pass on your your stuff to to a girl, and you know, she goes, oh yeah, all that uh, the laundry and the blah blah blah, all the typical female gender role household stuff. Yeah, um, and uh, you know, he he kind of skirts around it, but eventually concedes like. I'm open to talking about it. Let's let's you know. I I close the door before put the fat man on it with with <laughs> Elle's mom sitting on top of him. Um, but let's you know. I'm open to talking about it. And she goes, "That's that's all I wanted." You know, mm -hmm. I don't. I after thinking about it, you know, with where my life is right now with the three boys, four if you include you, <laughs> uh, and the job and everything. You know, I don't have time. I don't have 
inclination to have another kid right now. Yeah, which is good. Glad to hear you. St- it's kind of what I'm waiting for you to get to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, I'm surprised that they brought this issue up this early in the series. I feel like yeah. the baby talk is something you you have, um, you know, in like season six where you're like, okay, we need to spice up this show a little bit. Should we talk about having a, another kid on the, you know? Yeah, because um, in season three, you're not gonna you're not gonna introduce a baby. You still have so many new plot lines. So, yeah, of course, this episode was gonna end with them going, "No, we're not gonna have another kid." Sure, sure. I I mean, I don't know. I feel like it, this seems like a reasonable place to talk about it. I mean, I'm almost surprised that that they didn't come up before. I mean, you'd think by season six, also Jill would be older, and maybe that wouldn't be as much on the table. Oh, maybe. Yeah. I I don't know. Well, I don't know. They lose. Randy to cancer, they gotta fill the void somehow. <laughs> True, yes. How, how you know? How do you uh, how do you move on except by replacing your like fourteen year old with a fresh new baby, <laughs> um, so, or just readopting the one that uh, they gave back before Mark was born? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Hey, 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 Steve, you're back in. You're back in. All is forgiven. We forgot all about that socket wrench or whatever. Um, yeah. Also, Jill raises the point that I feel like should have been raised from the get go, which is that. She wants a daughter, and so she wants to have another kid. But it's like, dude, you wanted a daughter every time with the last three, and you didn't get one. Yeah, like this, like if you if you have a baby because you want a specific gender of baby, and then you don't get that baby, that you've still got an eighteen year, you know what, half a million dollar commitment, right? Yeah, that, that you have to deal with the rest of your life. They could adopt. They, exactly. You know, yeah. yeah, they could adopt. Why not? Why not raise that possibility? I mean, uh, or. I don't know. I'm honestly a little. I was a little bummed out that Wilson didn't bring this up. He, he, you know, I was kind of hoping that Tim would talk about how Jill wants to have a girl, and then yeah. Wilson would say something like, "Well, Tim and uh, Frank Herbert's Dune, the Bene Gesserit had the ability to actually uh, choose the gender of their baby when they were born, <laughs> and in fact, it was uh, Jessica's choice to uh, have young Leto as a boy rather than a girl that set many of the plot elements of that in motion." But no, sadly, he didn't talk about Dune. He talked about some other <laughs> bullshit. Um, but I don't know. I just. I don't think it ever really gets brought up until the very end. Jill doesn't yeah. raise this fact like, oh yeah, or we might just wind up having another boy and then we'd have four boys. Right. Five, counting Tim. Yeah, right. And, and you know, Jill says something like, uh, yeah, there's too, much, there's too much testosterone in this house already. And Tim kind of approvingly nods and goes, ah, yeah, it's practically dripping down the walls. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, just wait until you got a house with three teenage boys in it. There's really going to be testosterone dripping uh, yeah, down those walls. Yeah, let's not bring any uh, black lights into the situation. Oh, God, no. The whole house would glow. <laughs> Next Halloween is going to be uh, just a spatter fest. Uh, sp- spatter? Spatterfest. Yeah. Yeah, that's the, that's got to be the name of some kind of porn convention. <laughs> or horror convention. Uh, yeah, or both. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, a, a porn or convention. Spatterfest is the first ever horror erotica festival. I feel like there's got to be plenty of horror erotica out there. <laughs> oh, I'm sure, yes. Yeah. Um, you said that with a lot of certainty. <laughs> um, so they go, they go upstairs, yeah. and, and now we're getting into our end-of-episode stinger, basically. Yeah, I, I, maybe worth mentioning that Tim equates uh, having a baby to getting a sprinkler system installed, uh, which is like, eh, I don't know about that, yeah, buddy. Yeah, talk about spattering. Um, so then, yeah, we go up to the, the uh, not the stinger, but the, yeah, I guess it is a stinger. Yeah. Uh, you know, the conflict's been resolved. They go upstairs. They're going to have some sexy time. 
Uh, Jill's in a uh, piece of lingerie that I like to think Tim got her for her birthday and Jill's birthday. I mean, it's just like a it's like a like a nighty or something. Nighty, it's but not it's, like it's a slinky nighty. Oh, it looks good. I'm yeah. saying it's just not like just don't you know because I know all of you at home are carefully closing your eyes trying to picture every detail of this as we describe it to you in this concise fashion, but. Yes. Uh, don't don't picture her in like over the top like crazy. She's not in her yeah. She's not in her flannel pajamas, but no, she's also not, not uh, you know naked and afraid. Yeah, but, well, good, good. I'm glad that would be a really dark note to end on, or a very reality TV note to <laughs> yeah. end on. Uh, Tim comes out of the bathroom uh, after destroying it. Apparently, he, yeah, he's, he's in one way. He's fan, fanning his nose and and uh, uh-huh. making a big big show of that. So. Uh-huh. They go to kiss. They have a nice little tender moment. And Tim ruins it by asking her to go brush her teeth again. Yeah. All with the the intent that while she's gone, he's going to sneak the owl mannequin into bed, which um, I want to point a flaw in his already established prank. Yes. He puts it on her side of the bed. I love that you remember which side of the bed is which for them. You think they don't make... <laughs> hey, uh, we agreed Tim is kinky. Maybe they switch sides of the bed. Oh, I mean, that's... Listen, I have a a threshold for kink that is one step too far. I completely agree. That is way too much, man. I don't. I've got a side of the bed that I sleep on, regardless of whether someone else is there or not. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I will turn the mattress more before I would sleep on the other side of the bed. <laughs> That's the only way you will sleep on the other side of the bed is if you move the bed exactly. underneath you. Yes. Uh, <laughs> fair, fair point. But then, uh, so Jill comes out of the bathroom. She goes to the bed. Rips off the cover to see the face of Al's mannequin. Mm-hmm. And uh, she says, well, Al, it's not Tuesday. <laughs> and then Tim, who is hiding in the in the, in the the closet to watch the fireworks, you see Tim get this look like, hey, what the hell? <laughs> and it's like, Tim, what response were you expecting? Were you expecting her to scream? Like... Uh, and but it's just another tease to us, the viewers, wanting this uh, Jill Al relationship to come to fruition. They're just like they're they're flirting with it in every way they can yeah. to show us that it could be a thing. Um, I really thought Tim's whole prank was just to make Jill walk into the bathroom. He just stunk up with his massive. <laughs> so, I mean, that is prank enough. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's 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 a multi layer prank. I think. Like, I was expecting her to walk in and go like, ah, oh, Tim, this is disgusting. But instead, she just walks in there and just brushes her teeth. And so it must, like, to her, it's like, oh, this is just normal. This is just my husband's uh, stank. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, she was smelling stinky baby shoes earlier. I yeah, mean, yes. She, she's got to be used to just a, a plethora of smells at this point. With that many boys, she would have to be, <laughs> yeah. Uh, then we get our outtakes, which is Tim flubbing the lines about the 1980 Olympic uh, hockey team. Yeah, Miracle and, on Ice. Um, that's it. That that ends our, our episode. Uh, um, I do have a question for you, though. Yeah. How many grunts did we have? We had... Ten grunts in this ten, episode. Really? Ten, really? Oh, yes. wow. I counted three. Ten. So uh, uh, there are seven sneaky little grunts in there somewhere. You caught me. I've been embezzling grunts. I've been, <laughs> I've been skimming grunts off the top. Uh, yeah, no, He there, there's a couple places there where he, he does a couple of big ones, but then there's a few places where he kind of does... There's one where he does like four kind of under his breath. They like kind of get underneath someone else's dialogue, but I caught four uh, there. Gotcha. And, okay. Yeah. I promise my, my count is correct. The, I, I have the, full the, faith in you. I just, I just know like on the wire, if you mess up the count with the drug money, uh, <laughs> they take you out and beat you. So I want you to know it's Yeah. Okay. Well, no, that's what I will do to you if you get the, uh, the, the grunt, the, oh God. Well, hey, well, look, the, the fact is if I get the grunt count wrong, 
then the grunt count's going to be wrong because we're not doing this again to retally <laughs> them up. I'm sorry. If someone else wants yeah. to like check our work on this podcast, you, <laughs> be our guest. Scott, I've got five seasons there, to convince you otherwise, but uh, you know, by the by the end of it, we will be so safe. Like when they were shooting Young Frankenstein, they were having so much fun that when they got to the end of of their shooting schedule, they started adding new scenes. Yeah, so they exactly. Keep going, it'll be that. We'll 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 start up the you know grunt work. Uh, Season one, version two. Oh God, where we where we watch the episode and listen to our episode and <laughs> talk about it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that it's uh, it's ten grunts, just kind of solid on par so far. For I don't have much else to say about okay. it. Right. There on. It is. Um, do you have anything else in this episode that we didn't cover? Uh, you know, otherwise in this episode, no, not really. You know, I think it had a couple good larfs, but otherwise not a great episode. Not one that I, you know, I don't know that we're really going to be talking about it years down the line is one yeah, of our favorites. No, it's, it's definitely, I wish it had started off on a stronger foot, but, um, you know, uh, maybe baby next episode will be better. Yeah. <laughs> Although hopefully the next episode will not be Maybe Baby. Because I already know <laughs> uh, the title of this one. Yes. So um, you can find information about today's show on our website, which is www.gruntworkpodcast.com. <laughs> you can also sign up for our newsletter there, which is uh, a great way to be notified whenever a new episode is released and get our show notes and um, other kind of cool uh, links and stuff like to the Fan Theory World and other podcasts that we have appeared on. Um, on our website, uh, we also have a merchandise page uh, with curated home improvement items. So if you are looking to get uh, Tim Allen's stand-up special, Men Are Pigs, the one that uh, you know kind of spearheaded this whole show, um, you can do that there. And it'll not only uh, help with your home improvement collection, but it'll also help us keep the mics plugged in and pay for our, uh, our hosting and stuff. Yeah, which is, which is good for us. I mean, we're fans of that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Uh, and if you enjoyed the show, please share it wherever you can. Um, consider leaving us an iTunes review. That is uh, very important. These uh, these are the things that really help us uh, find the you know oasis in this this large desert, uh, this the Sierra Desert of uh, the podcast world. Um, you need to need to lead us to water. So. That will help us do so. We, we've been through the desert on a podcast with no name, <laughs> and we are ready to get some water for it. Uh, plus, remember, every time that you share us, we won't make you smell our baby shoes. <laughs> if uh, I you, could even find them. You can also follow us on all the various social media places, which is at GruntWorkPod. And with that, I've been Landon Solano. And I've been Truman Caps. Remember, if your podcast doesn't say GruntWork, it's probably not GruntWork. Words to live by. See you next week. So Jill offers him some cake, and he's like, I'm never eating cake again. I don't want any. Yeah. Uh, and she's like, you don't... Can you just shut the fuck up a little bit? Like, you're being a really noisy boy today, and you, you're normally so quiet. That's great. <laughs>